All the blood. All the blood. That washes me clean from all of my sin. Jerry Schmidt, open us up, please, with prayer. Thank you, bro. be in Luke 10 if you want to turn there real quick. Luke 10. I have a friend that uh, lives in Zimbabwe and his name is Moses Daka. I get to speak with Moses uh, quite frequently by, by, which is kind of a cool thing. Not everybody gets to, sp- to speak to Moses, you know. He was telling me that uh, uh, he was invited to Zambia. Lusaka is the capital there. And he said they were holding a pastor, lay leader, evangelistic conference. And he and pastors from all over that area, Botswana and Kenya and South Africa and Zambia and Zimbabwe and just all of that, those countries right there uh, in that area, sent pastors and teachers and just uh, strong Christian people. And they met there in Lusaka, Zambia. And their job was to have a day of meetings and then they were going to go out and spread the gospel. And they were going to go door to door. They were going to go street to street. They were going to see whoever they would engage and going to tell them about Jesus. Ten day conference. And he told me there were hundreds, hundreds of people that made decisions for Christ. He's talking about hundreds. People that they would engage with, that they would have an interpreter, and they were speaking different languages, if you would. And yet, the power of God were penetrating the hearts of those sweet people. Hundreds of them came to know the Lord during that 10-day conference. And as he was telling me this... The excitement was on his face. I mean, you could, just, you could just see the excitement on his face. You could hear the excitement in his voice about what God was doing. The power of God in a, in a country where he didn't even live. He didn't even speak their language. And yet, and yet Christ was being proclaimed. And hundreds of people. And just the excitement of what was going on over there. Man, you could just, you could just feel it. The power of God had been working. He was telling me that in, in December they're going to go to Kenya and do the same thing. And then maybe in May they're coming to Zimbabwe and going to do the same thing. You see, God's Word is active all over this old world. And the people in Africa in that area are just hungry for the gospel. They just want to hear. They have, they have almost nothing, some of them. And yet when we give them the greatest gift of all time, which is Jesus, they are gladly and wanting and yearning to accept the Lord as Lord and Savior. What a great time. The excitement was awesome. In Luke 10, we kind of read about something just like that, matter of fact. In Luke 10, we're t- we, we read in that first verse there that, that Jesus had assembled 
about 70 of his disciples. And they had, they were meeting there and he's going to give them some instructions. And he says, I want you to go out into the, to the cities and the towns and the villages where I will be going one day. And he says, I want you to go there and I want you to proclaim the gospel. I want you to speak boldly in my name. And the Bible says he sent those 70 out, those 70 believers, strong believers, sent out to the surrounding areas. And as he was sending them out, he, he told them a few things. You'll notice there in verse 3, he said, it's, I'm sending you out, and it's like sending a bunch of lambs in the midst of a bunch of wolves. But he said, go anyway. This is not going to be an easy mission but go anyway. In the next verse, he tells them, he said, don't take any money belts, don't take any bags, don't take any shoes because I'm going to take care of you. The mission's going to be hard, but I want you to go anyway. A couple of verses later on, he tells them, he said, not everybody's going to accept what you're telling them. Did you know that? Not everybody wants to hear what you've got to tell them. And there might be some rejection. There's going to be maybe a little persecution. It's going to be hard, guys. But I want you to go anyway. That's what Jesus told them to do. To go anyway to the surrounding villages, even though it might be hard. And, of course, we know what he's telling them is, I want you to trust me. Trust me, he says. Because, you see, when we, we trust in the Lord, and when they trusted in the Lord... He would provide every spiritual need that those folks would have. Every spiritual need that those 70 went out to do, He would provide. He would provide for every physical need that these folks had. Every physical need. You don't have to worry about having any money to pay, to pay where you're staying. You don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about anything. Jesus said, I will provide everything that you need as you go out in mission for me. He'll do the same thing today, will he not? He said, I will provide you the power when you are witnessing to somebody or when you are evangelizing somebody, when you engage somebody with the gospel, Jesus was telling them, I will give you the power and I will even speak the words that you need to witness to folks in this different area. Jesus was going to take care of them was he not? He said, I will, I will give you the power to heal, folks. I will give you the power to heal, folks. I will help you to create an atmosphere where, where the, the lame can walk, the blind can see, and the deaf can hear. I will give you that power. That is supernatural power. I will give you the power to defeat the enemy. When Satan comes up and tries to stop you from witnessing, when he tries to make your life so difficult that you don't want to keep going, Jesus was going to tell them, I will give you the power to defeat the enemy, to defeat Satan and his demons, and you will be successful. He'll tell us the same thing today, does he not? He was telling those 70, but he's talking to you and I today. He gives us that kind of power. He gives us that kind of power to say, I will protect you wherever you go. I will protect you, 70, as you go out and do my business. I will be a, put a hedge of protection around you. The Bible talks about his guardian angels, if you would, would protect you as you go. 
you probably don't understand this or ever thought about this. And, but there are tons of angels in this building right now. Did you know that? Tons of angels. Because the Bible says, I'm not going to give you one guardian angel to protect you. I'm going to give you guardian angels with an S. In this building right now, there are many, many angels that are here along with the Holy Spirit, along with God, and along with Jesus Christ. Amen and in me. You see, Jesus said, whatever you're going to need, 70, I'm going to give to you as you go out and spread the gospel. Trust me, he says, and we'll make it happen. Trust me, Arapahoe First Baptist Church, and we'll make it happen. After a few weeks, the Bible doesn't tell us how long they were out on mission. But we don't know how long they were out. But just like Moses, Daka, they came back and they were so excited. They were just fired up about this mission. He said, he said you know, Jesus, Jesus, you know what? We could heal the sick. We had the power to, 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 to help people that couldn't see, to see, and the, and the deaf to hear. And those guys that were, couldn't walk, he said, they were getting up and walking. And you can't imagine, Jesus, the excitement that they had. Jesus, when, 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 the, when the demons tried to stop us from going into a city or tried to stop us from speaking or when some law kind of stopped us trying to, Jesus, we, we were able to overcome that. And we had this power that, that was supernatural power. Jesus, it was so exciting. It was so good. Oh, unbelievable. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. When we were witnessing Jesus, we, when we were talking to people, we had this power that seemed to just flow from us. And we just had the words. That we didn't know what we were going to say to these people. But, but when we engaged them and we were talking to them, it was just like, wow. Just, it just flowed from us. Jesus, how exciting that was when we could just witness to people and evangelize people. Oh, Jesus. And then when, when, when things happened and when it looked, when the skies looked dark or when something might be happening and we felt this supernatural protection that only you could give us, Jesus. We felt it. We saw miracles. We were allowed to perform miracles. Jesus, Jesus, this was such an exciting time. Oh, my goodness. And, and like Moses, Daka, they were just beaming. Their face was beaming and they were excited. And they were walking on cloud nine. It don't get any better than this, they would tell Jesus. And then we read, we read in verse uh, 19. And it says this. He says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents, yeah, and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, which is Satan and all his demons, and nothing will injure you. He said, Yeah, I gave you that power. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you couldn't have done it without you. Without me, I gave you that power. They were so excited. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Excuse me? 
but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Is Jesus throwing cold water on these people? I mean, they are so excited. And he's kind of, it looks like he's kind of throwing cold water and said, that's not that big of a deal. But he says, you need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing that is the main thing is whether or not you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whether or not you're going to live today and you're going to live for eternity. Whether or not you have been born again. That's the main thing of the main thing. Have you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? Is what he's saying. All this other stuff is great and exciting. But the main thing of the main thing is have you made him Lord and Savior of your life? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Is your name written in heaven? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? He says, that's what's important. That is the most important thing in the life of a person. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Matthew 16, 26 says this. For what is a profit of man? If he were to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the other last week or sometime, the queen passed away, didn't she? And, and I didn't get, to, didn't get to watch any of that stuff, okay? But I just heard tidbits and stuff and that maybe she was a, maybe she was a believer, when she took her last breath on this old earth, she found out that she was really a born-again believer. All her riches, all her glory, all her fame meant nothing when she took her last breath. We have athletes and celebrities and Hollywood stars that make millions and millions of dollars. People know them, they recognize them, they're popular, and they think they're something else, are they not? But you see, that money and that fame and that popularity won't mean a thing to them when they take their last breath here on this earth. Won't mean a thing. God is not impressed with how much money they make. He's not impressed how many followers that they have on Facebook. He's not impressed with that. You see, he's impressed with whether or not they gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ. You see, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Riches and glory and popularity. And yet he forfeits his soul. Jesus said, keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is, is your name written in the book of life? The most important decision a person will ever make in this life is whether or not he accepts Christ as Lord and Savior. And when that happens... Good things happen. Well, how do we get our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? How does that happen? I, I, I just figured everybody's name was there. I mean, the world will tell you everybody's name's there. The world will tell you we're all going. We're all going to get there. Hallelujah. That's not what Jesus said, does he? How do you get our name written in that permanent ink in that Lamb's Book of Life? I'm glad it's permanent ink, aren't you? Can't be taken away. How do we do that? We accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how we do it. 
That's how we get our name written in the Lamb's book of life. We accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Romans 10.9 says, Romans 10.9 said, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And then the last part says what? And you shall be saved. It's a repentance of your sins. It is a turning away from your sins. It is, it is realizing that you cannot save yourself. Your goodness, your good deeds, your money, your popularity, your big house and your big car can't save you. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Man, what a, what a statement. That's how you get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because when that happens, you are alive today and you are alive for eternity in the very presence of God. It don't get no better than that. But what happens if you decide that's not for you? That's just not something that I want. I am controlling my life. I will do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live my life. Revelation 20.15 says this. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire to be separated forever and forever from a God that loves them so much. You see, the main thing of the main thing is you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Get your name written. That's what he says here in that verse. But rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Rejoicing in that. Because, see, some of that good stuff that we do and, and those miracles and that kind of stuff, that, that, that's exciting. I'm not, not downplaying that, but that's kind of here today and gone tomorrow. But the thing that lasts for eternity is having that name written in the Lamb's book of life. Keeping the main thing the main thing. Hebrews 9.22, the second part of that says this about that. It says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. You see, when, when, when Jesus was on trial, and they put that crown of thorns on his head, his brow began to bleed. You understand that? When they pulled his beard from his body, he began to bleed. When they strapped him to that post and whipped his back and his legs and his chest and his face, he began to bleed. When they drove those nails into his hands and his feet, he began to bleed. He's shedding his blood. As he hung on that cross, there began to pull a blood underneath him. And at the foot of the cross, the blood ran red. And the blood ran red at the foot of the cross because he said, I am now sacrificing my body just for you. There is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Aren't you so thankful that Jesus was willingly to shed his blood, to go through that, endure the cross, despise the shame, it tells us in Hebrews 12. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross, before the cross, by shedding your blood. 
Thank you, Jesus. In Hebrews 10, 10, we read this. He says, By this we will have been sanctified, set apart, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I'm so thankful that Jesus offered his body up so that we would have an opportunity to receive salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And after he'd shed his blood and offered his body as a, as a human sacrifice, if you would, Hebrews 10, 12 says this, But he, Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. One sacrifice for all of mankind. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Today we've gathered in his house to remember the shedding of that blood and the body that he gave for us. We are here to remember that. We are here to honor that. We are here to cherish that. We are here to love that. We are here to remember and to think the sacrifice that Jesus gave Why? Because he loved us so much and because he wants every one of us to live with him for eternity. He didn't want anybody to perish, but all come to repentance, it tells us in 1 Peter. And he willingly gave his body and shed his blood just for us. And today we have come to honor that. Today we have come to remember that. We have come to say, Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that. If you cannot remember what, is, what he's done in your life, if you can't ever say thank you for what he has done, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, who willingly gave up his life just for you, I want to give you an opportunity right now. We're going to have a very short invitation time. So as you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want you to, do, to examine yourself. If you've never been born again, now is the day. Today is salvation. If you have, praise Him and thank Him for all that He's done. Let us pray. The time is yours.